What's up and welcome to Rant and Rave Wrestling, episode 76. I'm your host, the Double R Superstar, Roy, the Roy Row, and I'm here with the head of the table, Blake Short. The only thing you're breaking now is the chair you decide to sit on. And the unprofessional, Greg Ovison. What's up and hello. This week we discuss the Hall of Fame and the Hall of Fame... All leading to our main event, the R&R Battle Royale, featuring Raw, Dynamite, NXT, and SmackDown Live. But before we talk wrestling, let's talk a little about our week. And I think I'll get started this week. Um, Gaming-wise, I've been playing a lot of Dead Cells. I don't have a ton to talk about with it. I just wanted to mention that I'm playing it because I feel like that's pretty much what I talk about every week, what I'm playing. Um, and I'm having a lot of fun with it. What I want to talk about uh, is my experience with Grubhub this week. And I know I, I sent the text message in the group chat, so I kind of gave it away for you guys. But uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk about it and give you a little more information anyway. So uh, I had ordered Dunkin', and I, I was waiting for a while. I, I think at least like an hour before finally getting somebody assigned to even go get it. And on the tracking, I was able to see that he sat at the Dunkin' Donuts for like 15 minutes. So I had sent the text asking if he had delivered the food or anything, thinking maybe the app could have messed up. And he said, he said, no, they're out of, they're, they're out of, actually, let me pull up the, the text and I can tell you exactly what this guy said. I said, hello, has the food been delivered yet? I think the app is messing up. He said, no, the restaurant do not have your order. They out of items. You might have to cancel. So I asked, what are they out of? Thinking like maybe they're out of the certain cheese that I used or like the coffee, like just bring whatever they do have, you know? He says, I don't know. They only said I should cancel order. So I was a little kind of like confused at that point because it's bizarre to me. Like, how do you not know what they're out of? I think that you're just not trying to find a solution that you... And I didn't know if I should, when I try to cancel the order, it's not going to give me the full refund. So I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to, what I'm going to do there. I'm assuming I'm going to have to call Grubhub to have it canceled because I can see on the map, he's already left Duncan. He's a few miles away and the app is still tracking him for me because the, the order has not been canceled. So finally, so Grubhub actually ends up calling me. And this is where it gets a little bit more interesting because she explains to me and she says that the driver had went to the restaurant and that they were out of the items that I ordered. Um, and she gave me two options. She said, I could either assign you a new dasher to get the food or I can cancel the order. Okay. So I, I said, if the restaurant is out of the food, would having a new dasher help would they go to a different store she said no they wouldn't they they would go to the same store and i'm like but the issue is that that store is out of what i ordered and she's like correct so we could either assign you a new dasher or we could cancel the order so i am i am stunned like i want the food and it sounds like she's giving me the option but she's not right because they're out of the food so i'm confused about what the hell is going on we end up talking over one another. You could tell she's getting pissed because she wants to give me these two options. And I keep asking how the one option can be true. She won't answer me. She just repeats my options to me. So she says, do, do you want to wait or do you want to cancel the order? I was like, ma'am, 
If the, if the restaurant does not have the order, why do you keep giving me that option? She said, sir, I'll go ahead and cancel the order for you. She gets real mad at me over the situation. And I cannot understand what happened on this day. I needed, I needed to share it. I, I have no words for it. That's ridiculous. Like, it, and you said this was Grubhub? Yeah. That's Because Door, DoorDash, I've been having uh, tons of issues with lately, too. So, and we talked about it a little bit last week. It's just it's hell getting a a driver. I don't I don't have an issue with DoorDash when I go for like a refund or something's up. Like I dash, so I get it. Like I don't I'm not the the person that there's tons of people out there that'll just call and be like, oh, I didn't receive my food or my food was crap because DoorDash doesn't ask questions. They they just hand out refunds left and right. So anyone listening, get free food all the damn time if you want. <laughs> just don't say the dasher was a piece of shit because you're really screwing with someone there. Tell them it was the restaurant. Anyway, so... Well, but then somebody about, at the restaurant's getting blamed. Not really. So, like, okay. a month a month and a half ago, uh, Kim and I had ordered from Bonefish Grill. Okay? $80 in food. It shows up, and I had gotten a soup, and it had completely spilled all inside the bag and went over everything. Like, seeped in the containers, got on a bunch of food and stuff. When I grabbed the container of soup, it was completely sealed. So, the dasher... Had to have gone in the bag, closed the lid, and put it back in and delivered it to me. So I called, or I, I called them. I'm like, "Look, we, we we can't eat this. There's literally soup on every damn thing in here. No questions asked. Full refund." And then they gave me like a fifteen dollar credit. Then on Thursday, uh, we had ordered from a place. Literally, Kim wasn't feeling good. I was working. I could have walked to this place in two minutes. It's that close. Um. They delivered it. Everything was completely cold, completely cold. And then one of the things that I got just tasted like it was saved overnight and then reheated in a microwave. So I contacted them. I'm like, look, this is crap. They're like, oh, would you like it re-delivered? I was like, no, I don't. I want my money because I didn't eat anything. I'm not going to eat anything from there. They already ruined that situation. No issues. I don't understand why these other places argue. Like, like you said, if... Well, I guess if they don't have it, why she was willing to give the refund. The issue is she kept giving me two options to either wait for somebody else to go to the restaurant. But the the issue is that the restaurant does not have the food. And it may be why she get. No, 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 no. I'm not defending it. Greg, Greg. No. Yes, because you might understand for no, a second. No, I don't want to. I don't want <laughs> That's to. That's the problem. It is just ridiculous, <laughs> and it can stay at that. I don't need to hear a reason for why it happened. The restaurant well, did not have the food. Right. She offered to send somebody to get the food from the restaurant. The restaurant does not have the food. Right. Greg. And it's that simple. To She's give ridiculous. you a refund, it may be something in their prompts where they have to ask you that first. They can't just issue a refund. I don't care. That's probably why she kept asking. No. But it is idiot. ridiculous that once you said something, she didn't take away that option. She kept saying it. I'm just saying on her behalf, she may have had to offer that at least once. Why she kept offering it, I don't know. And I'm saying no. I'm no. saying I'm saying it's as simple as she's a crazy person. <laughs> and I'm I'm not giving her any leeway on it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to even dive into somehow trying to defend it. I only have one question, and that's because I don't know what you ordered. Is there any way that the restaurant may have had those items like later? Like maybe they were out at the time, and perhaps they could have it like an hour later. Uh, well, it was two breakfast sandwiches and two coffees. Okay, so okay, so I doubt they were out of yeah. either of those because the only thing I've ever run to them being what time of day was it? 
well, I mean, it started somewhere around two, like one or two p.m. I think I finally got it around seven, six or seven. Yeah, we've never had an issue with like getting breakfast stuff later in the day. It's always donuts. Donuts are the only thing that are always out at like two o'clock in the afternoon. Anytime I go to Dunkin', my- everything else is usually always there. I and I, like all I can think of is if like how do, one, how do you run out of donuts when your name is Dunkin' Fucking Donuts? But anyway, I think she said something stupid, yeah. realized yeah. it when I said it, and just refused to acknowledge that. She wanted to move forward, give me the two options, and me to pick one with no acknowledgement of like how stupid what she said was. Yeah, I'm that's not my fam- theory. I'm not familiar with Dunkin'. Like, I don't pick up from them at all. They're a disaster. I don't deal with them. But my my thought process was like I'm familiar with like Chipotle, and sometimes they'll be out of steak for like a half hour, and then they'll end up getting more steak. So that's why I asked the question. I was curious. But it's still dumb to even <laughs> to continue to go back and forth yeah. over and over again. Just cancel the order. That's it. But you you always have stories with bad deliveries and stuff like that. <laughs> and I I wanted the food. I wanted the order. So that's why when she keeps giving me this second option, I'm sounds like, great. <laughs> right. I'm like, this is this viable? Or I'm like, are you going to send them to a different Dunkin'? Because anything other than canceling at this point. Why didn't they do that? I don't know. Is there one close by? There's another one close by. There's, right? Yeah, there's a few within three miles. All right, Greg. Yeah. What, what have you been up to this week? So this week, not not really much. Um, you know, I I say every week, you know, let's just wait till everything's said and done. But I'm just gonna go ahead and put it out there. I've been trying so hard the last year, year and a half for custody of my son, and it is just getting more difficult and more difficult. And at this point, I am not even allowed to see him. And if I even ask how he is, there is so-called repercussions from the party he is currently with. So that's how my week pretty much went was just frustration from that. Uh, literally the only thing keeping us going uh, for the most part is obviously Harper. We've got to be in <laughs> bludgeon babies. We've got to be in the correct mindset for her right now. We can't let everything else control us. She is, I, I don't, I, I don't want to call it like a toot in the horn type of thing, but as she was growing the doctor kept saying like she was kind of ahead of where she should be and stuff like that. And so many people are like, my kid didn't talk as much as she did. And even until they were like two, two and a half stuff like that. And she's like putting together things. So like, I don't ever recall her saying like just pop pop. And we've only like said that when we're around my dad, we don't like, we hadn't really like pointed at pictures and said like, this is this person, this is that. And she's been pointing at pictures lately and going, Mama, Papa, Dad, stuff like that. And it's like, how are you getting this? Like, where is this coming from? And so many people are just saying, like, the way she's putting stuff together and all, they haven't seen that happen as soon as she's done it. So that's like, that's pretty cool to see. But then, like, on the other hand, it's like, you're stop growing so fast. But um, yeah, it just a rough week. Yesterday, Kim lost her aunt. And it's just, it hasn't been the good, the good week. And I hate to be the person that brings stuff down, but that's kind of how it's been. Um, like Blake was saying before, like we, we both started dashing. Well, he's been dashing. I started again. We've both been out in the same areas. Blake has literally, I don't know where the hell this damn horseshoe came from. And I'm sure he just shoved it straight up his ass, but this man, We'll be like, oh, this order says $7 for two miles. And then he'll be like, dude, I got 45 bucks off of it. I'll fucking take an order that's two miles for like 
10 bucks show me i'll take that bitch and it'll be 10 bucks has there ever been a period where there wasn't a horseshoe in blake's ass this is true this is true so last night blake takes an order that's a decent size and he calls me he was like yeah it was only what 13 bucks something like that he was like no big deal it is what it is I took an order. I was about order. to say, you made it sound like I was like depressed no, about no, no, that. No, was no. very No, he was very, he was very fine with it. But in my mind, I'm like, damn, Blake finally got one of those moments where he took that $120 order and only got 13 out of it. When usually this man's like, dude, I got 39 bucks. So I take an order that was labeled as $16. Like that, not labeled as it was labeled as like $7, but the order itself from the restaurant was 16 like 0.7 miles it was so damn close i'm like whatever i'm just gonna get my night started quick seven bucks whatever drop it off they tipped the same amount that their order was so i got 16 dollars tip alone oh, so wow, i ended beautiful. up with 19 19 bucks off of this order and it was funny because blake had just told me about the other one i'm like really dude it said i just took a 16 dollar order and they tipped how much they paid like it was just one of those moments where i was like yeah fuck you it's my turn <laughs> Uh, it's funny because my week I was going to start with with a story in regards to DoorDash and something that we experienced last week, but I'll touch on what Greg said a little bit. Yeah, touch on Greg. The, the first thing I want to say is there's nothing wrong with that. Like they tip ten dollars. That's a very good tip. Yeah, so, yeah. So there was no like issue or or anything like that. I had just been getting so lucky and getting twenty thirty dollar tips on one hundred forty dollar orders and stuff like that. That at some point you're kind of like, oh, maybe this is one of the big orders too, and it wasn't. So it's like. Ah, they finally got me. Like, I finally got myself a little excited and it ended up being a little bit lower. Ironically, it was paired. I had what's called a stack, which you're familiar with because they tell you that's the fastest way to get into your house. Way. And it was a noodles and company order that was like 20 bucks. That was actually the payout was only like a dollar less than the big one. So I was like, that's kind of ironic. But I'm going to go into a story of DoorDash. I don't, I think it was Sunday, Greg. It was either, it was, yeah, it was Sunday. And we were out dashing, and Greg and I typically we go out to the same area. And usually, what we'll try and do is at some point try and meet up while we're waiting waiting for orders. And we did at this point, and we were sitting there waiting for orders. And I had been getting pretty lucky, like you said, I had been getting these thirty dollar orders, forty dollars, these big tips. And I've been telling Greg because I am the type that wants to see my friends win. I have been telling him, putting it out there in the universe that he is going to get a big order. Like, bro, you're going to get a $30 or $40 order. Like, I'm telling you, I feel it. Well, I took it from him, Roy. And it was, I I felt bad, and I shouldn't, but here's how it happened. So, we're sitting there, and Greg is getting the orders first. I don't know how this works with, like, DoorDash and the way they send us orders, because it's always random. Sometimes it's I'll get them first. clearly send Greg the shitty orders. Uh, so, so sometimes I'll send them to me first. <laughs> what a system. And it's funny, because we'll be sitting there, and I'll be like, uh, $8 for two miles. Ah, I might take it. Ah, I'm going to pass. And then Greg will get it the next second. Well, when we got there, Greg was getting all these orders, Roy. And he was getting them first. It was probably five or six orders. Greg was getting it first, and then they'd send it to me. And we were declining them. We were just waiting for a bigger order. I get an order first this time. It was around the same thing, so I declined it. And then it went to Greg. A second order comes into me. It's like 12 or 14 items for Miller's, which is right by where we're at. It's a huge order. It says 7 bucks. I'm like, I got to take it. I've got a feeling that it's going to be a big order. A part of me is already thinking, maybe I should decline this and see if it goes to Greg. Now, this is risky. 
Because not only is this me going, I'm passing on what could be a $30, $40 order, but they may not even send it to Greg. There's no guarantee that it's going to go to him. So I take it. I'm like, I'm going to go ahead and take it and see what happens. Roy, it was a $40 order. And I, I felt bad because I felt like I had stolen this order from Greg. <laughs> and I didn't even want to tell him what the payout was. When we were sitting there, he was like, it better not be no damn $30, $40 payout. And I almost wanted to just tell him it was 7 bucks because it was just easier to lie to him in that situation and make him feel better about it. Yeah, this man sends me a screenshot. I said, I had to, but I had to be honest. He, he told me straight up, he's like, no, I want to know how it turns out. And he's like, fuck you. <laughs> That's the $39 order I was referencing. And, so and I felt bad. He, I felt I really actually felt bad about it. Here's the shitty thing about DoorDash, but also the good thing about DoorDash is... So, like, Thursday and last night, in two hours on Thursday, in two and a half hours last night, both nights I made 100 bucks. Sunday, I worked seven hours, and I made $80. So, I couldn't even get over $100 on Sunday working seven hours, but on two hour, two two-hour nights, I can make $200 total. Like, it's stuff like that that's a little upsetting. Sunday used to be my best damn day. I, I could go out for seven hours on Sunday and come home with damn near $300 in the day. So... That was a good day. Have not had luck on Sundays lately at all. That was the worst part too, because I was getting big orders other than that one. So Greg's sitting there. We're out there the same amount of time on Sunday, seven hours. I pull in a two hundred hour day. He pulls in eight. Yeah. So he he needed that order more than I did. I was already like on a streak and rolling, but it seems like last but night worked out better for him. So is, maybe this is his week. To me, it is what it is because. I think once one of those orders does happen, it's going to be one of those moments where I'm like, fuck yeah. <laughs> like it, I've it had 20, cool. I've had $25 cool. orders. I've had, I've had customers tip where the payout was 25 and then they gave me another 20 bucks. I had a guy who tipped and the, the payout was like 18, but he handed me a $50 bill. Like I've had those, but like, I want to see it on the app. I want to see that big order on the app itself. Shit, I'll take somebody handing me. Well, yeah, I'll take them handing me cash. Had that happened, but I, I called you about that one. Yeah, that, yeah. that I, one was pretty cool. That is, was that the the mafia? Type that was the guy? mafia yeah, guy. He always tips. I had well. gotten he no, I had gotten thirty off of his order. That was the only like over twenty five I've ever gotten, and then he handed me a fifty. So both of this week's uh, news questions are based around the Hall of Fame, and I, that's why I thought it'd be funny for this week's title to be the Hall of Fame and the Hall of Fame. I'm realizing now it should have been DoorDash and DoorDash <laughs> because I think that's been the first 30 minutes of the podcast. Um, ironically, I, I love that. So two of you DoorDash, I don't, and I still came here with the story of a uh, Grubhub DoorDash. So <laughs> I had. Was, oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh no, I was just gonna say that's pretty funny. To I me. didn't know if you're gonna transition to the news. I did have one final thing. I closed my first client on Thursday, so that was really exciting. The first of many because I already know I'm gonna crush it. Good um, job, buddy. I'm motivated. But um, it's a little scary because now I gotta actually perform. That's the scariest part. So, so this guy didn't BS you? No, no. No I actually, BS segment. No BS. Week? No BS. I actually had a guy before him, so I had two calls that day. Um, that we were on our second call, so I went over to presentation. And the first guy, I, I feel pretty confident I'm gonna close him on Monday too. He he like loved the system, loved everything. He wanted to make sure that he could actually fulfill it on the back end. So it wasn't one of those things where it's like, let me think about it. He was like, I need to talk to my team and make sure like we can handle what's coming in. So I feel pretty good about that one. Obviously, it could be a bust. I'm, I'm pretty much like, I set my brain up to prepare for either side. So we'll see what happens there. 
but I'm onboarding this guy on Monday. I already collected payment and everything, so it's a go. All right, man. Congratulations. That's yeah, a yeah. Great so, way to so end that. pretty, pretty, pretty exciting stuff. And like I said, man, I'm I'm motivated for 2021. I'm I'm ready to crush it this year. But that was my week. All right, I'm excited to see what you do in 2021. Blake. Of course, of course. Leave it to me to bring the positivity into this podcast. You know, I've got I've got the listeners back. <laughs> All right, guys. Let's talk a little bit about the wrestling headlines this week. Uh, Sabu claimed on the NWC show that Rob Van Dam is going to be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame this year. Greg, what is your reaction to hearing that? I'm not going to say that he doesn't deserve it because he's obviously done a lot just for the wrestling industry itself. I was never really a big RVD fan. This was his his big run was back when I was like 11, 12 years old. So obviously back then I was pretty hyped to see RVD. It was very much another Jeff Matt Hardy type character to me. It was just a fun to watch thing, but nothing really memorable other than obviously beating John Cena for you know a heavyweight title stuff like that. Um, one of the things I remember is when I did watch Impact for a little while was I remember his shitty little debut there. And the reason why I called it shitty is it was against Sting, and RVD just shows up off the turnbuckle, drop kicks him, and then hits the the rolling thunder or whatever he called it, and won the match against Sting. And I'm like, that's kind of a shitty debut. Like, you just won off of a rolling thunder. A thing that I watched you hit like 14 times in one match and never get a pin off of. And you just beat the icon with that in two moves. So it's little stuff like that that more so stuck out to me just because of, I mean, it was just RVD. We know his downfalls and stuff over the years, but there was nothing really big that ever stood out to me. And, and I wasn't the biggest fan. So so not an RVD fan then. Not, I'm not saying I'm not an RVD fan, but I'm not going to pop over him. All right, I, I definitely think RVD deserves a little bit more than what you gave him there, but that's okay because I got a follow-up question for you. Uh, last week, Blake had told me he'd like to see Kane in the Hall of Fame, and he ended up getting his wish. Greg, it's your turn to rub the genie lamp and tell me who you want to see in the Hall of Fame. So I don't believe I'm going to get my wish, and you'll know why, but Christian. Christian deserves to be in there. I mean, look, Edge is in there. Christian's had just as great of a career, may not have had the amount of titles as Edge other than the tag team side of things, but he did not have just as great a career as Edge. I think he did. I think he did. And he he definitely deserves to at least be in the Hall of Fame. Obviously, The Rock. I don't know what the hell is going on with that. We've talked about it. I mean, the ones we talked about last week are really the ones that like I want to see in there. We, we touched on a few last week um, that... You know, Undertaker's obviously not going to be in it because they announced him to, you know, induct Kane and everything. But there's there's a lot of them that aren't in there yet that definitely deserve to be in there. I believe British Bulldog isn't in there yet. He did a lot back in his day. He deserves to be in it. Uh, just, you know, there's a lot that just deserve to be in it. But the one the ones I want to see the most are obviously The Rock and Christian right now. Okay. All right. All right. Blake, let's keep up the talks about the Hall of Fame because this last week, the Great Khali was announced to be going in and I couldn't help but take a little pause. With all due respect, Khali was not on my list to enter the Hall of Fame this year. And though I appreciate every wrestler that goes out there and gives it a shot, I do wonder if he should be entered at all. So I pass that question off to you, Blake. Is Khali's spot well earned in your opinion? No. It's not. I was not a huge fan of Kali, but me being a fan, a, so, a fan or not aside, 
these are the type of people when they go into the Hall of Fame that I feel like diminishes the WWE Hall of Fame and takes something that should be such a huge accomplishment and makes it feel not as big. And I don't like that personally because I come from a sports background where the Hall of Fame is the pinnacle, where you have a certain you have a certain set of things you need to reach in order to hit that pinnacle. It's it's very it's a very minimal amount of people. It's hard to reach. And when you do get there, it is extremely special. And I wish WWE it felt the same way, and it should. Does him having those World Heavyweight Championship reigns make that a harder decision at all? Because I, for me, that's that's probably the biggest part of the conversation. Because I almost feel like if you've ever won a world the world belt, then you should be in the Hall of Fame. But then at the opposite end, I feel like the Great Khali should not be in the Hall of Fame, and so it makes itself so. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I can only think of one time he had the title. Was there another time other than that? There's, he had it a couple of times. I think I think he's had it more than once. I'm not confident in that because there's really only the one that sticks out in my head as well. Greg, can you look that up for me real quick? Can you Google that? I believe there was only one. And if I recall correctly, he won it off a battle royal because somebody got hurt. Right. So he yep. was a fill-in champion. Let's be honest. He was a fill-in champion, and I believe he only had the belt for like a month or two. They, while... The the title circumstance could hold true, what you're saying. I do think there needs to be more to it than just that. There needs to be longevity. Here Here is Great Khali's winnings in WWE as far as titles or, or anything. He is a one-time World Heavyweight Champion there. and a one-time Slammy Award winner. That's, That's terrible. It. That's all it has listed. When your Slammy Award is, is listed, that's... Kind of an issue. Like, that's all you've had. So, no. I don't think I need to say much more. He was a fill-in champion. He was not someone fun to watch in wrestling. He, he had did two not, moves. He, he had three. And they oh, were all chopped. Sorry. Chop, <laughs> chop and chop. Yeah, chop your chest. I'm going to axe your forehead. Hey, if you, you know, and and this, and this would be this would be a totally different discussion with the same topic in mind, but. I don't even necessarily think you need to be a world champion to get in the Hall of Fame. Oh, no, no, no. Definitely not. Yeah, but you need to have done something for wrestling. And the only thing, honestly, that Kali really did was he was the first champion from India. And and I don't think that's enough. I, to me, personally, I don't. I don't think he did. He, he set this standard or changed anything in wrestling other than make it more boring for me. Uh, and like and I, with the hot takes today, yeah, and it, and it's not. I know it's it comes off as extremely disrespectful. No, I get it, it but it diminishes. This is why it's just coming off disrespectful because Kane just got in, who should have been in a long time ago, and has done so much more than Kali. And immediately you take away Kane coming in because he just threw in somebody like Kali, so it, it doesn't even feel as important anymore. And it should. It really should. All right, guys, this, the open mic topic this week is going to be WWE Fastlane. Uh, I asked you guys to pick three of your favorite matches. Who who went first last week? Does anybody remember? There's a damn pay-per-view like every week, I feel like. I do not remember. I believe I went last. I, I did. All right, Blake, tell me what your favorite match from Fastlane was then. Uh, this, can I start off by saying, I don't know how you two felt. But this pay-per-view didn't do it for me. 
It was trash. I believe this was the weakest pay-per-view the WWE's had in the last at least year, maybe two years. They have really been killing it on their pay-per-views. This one screamed filler for Mania for me, for sure. Um, To pick a match that I really enjoyed in this pay-per-view is much harder than usual because most of them weren't very good. But there were two that stood out, well, three, I'll say, that that could be brought up and I think were good. And I'm going to go with one that stood out for me that was different, and it's the one that I was anticipating the most. And that was Orton and Alexa Bliss. Because that there were some just extremely chaotic scenes in this match. I, I don't even know if you can call it a match. Uh, it was more like just a spectacle more than anything. I, I love... I'm curious to hear how you guys think about The Fiend's new look. I really enjoy it. I but do not. You don't? No, okay. no cool. I fucking love it. I, I love it. Um, but Alexa was so much fun in this. She's just skipping, hopping around, making things fall from the ceiling, shooting fireworks, all kinds of crazy nonsense. And she actually pinned Randy Orton. <laughs> Which I said I would love to see. She's I got a win it. over Orton, yeah. So there were there were two other matches I think are going to be sure talked about Sure, you did here. love seeing her pin Orton. <laughs> Well, his wife did, clearly, <laughs> if you're on Twitter. Uh, I think that was kayfabe more than anything. But I, I'll let you guys dive into the actually like matches. But I think this one did what it was supposed the to do. The light fixture falling? Yeah, the light fixture falling. Shit. So did this guy, did this build anticipation uh, for The Fiend for you guys? Were you at, uh, we'll get you into that about? this week. I've had I've had <laughs> excitement for this feud from the beginning, and that's that's another reason why I figured it's best for me to take this one because I I think it was worthy, and I, I do have anticipation built for this match. I do want to see it. I understand people who don't because the fiend just it's like okay he gets to win a mania, but he lost a couple of times leading into it. I get it, but it has worked for me. All right, what about you, Greg? Favorite match from Fastlane? So. I, like Blake said, it wasn't that great of a pay-per-view to me at all. Only two matches that I even cared about. The rest, I did not enjoy at all. So, sorry if I take it, Roy, but the, the championship main event. Um, dude, Daniel Bryan fought his heart out. Uh, Greg, listen to me. What? Daniel Bryan is my favorite wrestler in 2021 right now. I appreciate that. This feud, this WrestleMania feud... And I don't even know if they intended to do it. Is one of the best stories that WWE has told going into a WrestleMania for me, and I am absolutely thrilled. And I'll let you talk well, about. And that. we'll get into that again I'm later for, for this Greg week. Was it first? Well, like, like, oh god, it's nine wrong. times out of ten, if Roy cuts like, me off, it's some shit. Um, but no, it this match, it, it, Daniel Bryan. It, like I get it. You're gonna have Roman Reigns in the main event. You gotta find a way to build a storyline. But god damn it, like I said, there's. There's nothing that makes me believe Brian can't beat Roman Reigns one on one. I have no doubt that he can't now. This was I mean, the, this was the match of the night. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, it delivered. It like I said, Daniel Bryan performed. No matter what Roman did, Daniel Bryan was right there to still. He didn't give up nothing. It took a chair shot at the end from Edge for him to lose it. And even at that point, I was kind of like, he just hit both of them. Like, is is he going to pull Brian on Roman? We've seen stuff like that. And we'll get into it later this week, but the rated R superstar is back, man. The rated R superstar is yeah, back, and I it, am leave it at that. Bro. I am fucking happy. Leave oh no, I'm leaving that. it at that because we're gonna get into it. But I am happy about that, and 
And that's what I wanted out of this match. I wanted to see the progression in the rated R superstar. I wanted to see Brian fare up the Roman Reigns, and I got everything I wanted out of this match. How'd you feel about Roman tapping? Because we've seen that before, where like somebody taps off the ref. But for Roman, to me, it actually felt really significant. It, it did. It did. And and part of me was also like he was doing it, and like maybe the ref outside of the ring was going to stand up and actually catch it or something like that, or the ref running from the back was going to be like, no, we watched him tap like anything but um no it was just i I like the way it ended i don't have a problem with it obviously we felt like it was going where it's going and but i love the match man i I also like the way he did tap it wasn't like a it it wasn't like a oh my god like i'm tap. it was almost like is he fading and like just trying to like grasp and then you saw more of a repetitive type of very subtle and i was actually expecting roman this week to be like i didn't tap me too me too but he did i was really happy they didn't go that route um. All right. Well, that that would have have been mine, but that's okay. I went last because I did have one in particular I was excited to talk about, for better or worse. You know, we don't just rave here. Sometimes we rant. And my favorite match of the night was Apollo Cruz versus Big E because it is the one of the it is one of the biggest dumpster fires that I have seen in some time. Not just this match, but this entire feud. And spoilers, we're getting it at WrestleMania again. Guys, please talk to me about this match because I've talked to you guys both about the feud a lot, how ridiculous it is, and I cannot find a path where either of these guys come out of this looking better because of this feud. Uh, Again, this is something we'll get into for the week. So if you want to say anything, Blake... I mean, it happened Sunday. Talk about what happened Sunday. Yeah, but what I want to talk about led into this week, and I'm just... I I went from one place on this this whole feud and, and the way I felt about a certain wrestler in it to the complete bottom. Um, so th- the match did absolutely nothing for either of them. This was probably the most disappointing thing of the pay per view for me because I had just told you guys how excited I was for Apollo and this new character. Biggie was losing me a little bit, and they did this weird roll-up thing at the end and we got two matches in a row with a roll-up so that didn't help that the first match ended that way and then this was the second one and it ended the same way and some <clears throat> somehow i'm still like holding out hope for apollo Don't. to feel something but this sure as hell didn't help it was a disaster this was like the theme of the pay-per-view for the first like hour was just really wacky finishes, roll-ups, things that were just uninteresting. And this was this was the peak of that. <laughs> All right, guys, let's head over to the Battle Royal where we're going to compare Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and AEW. Uh, we'll go one by one, five rounds, assigning a rant or a rave. This week's rotation is Bger. That's Blake, Greg, Roy. So, Blake, get us started. Yeah, and I'm going to start us off with a rave for this week. And it's going to be one that probably isn't expected and i'm giving it to monday night raw and i'm gonna give it to two people that i was really upset got the tag team titles and i still think it was a bad idea but by far gave me the most entertainment of the week and it's gonna go to new day and the segment with them quizzing aj styles about omos that's your number one for that the is whole my week? number one your first in rotation I had and so that is your number- okay. I had so much fun 
with this segment. They had me rolling. And was it rem- AJ just naming his favorites of things? I think he was. I think he was naming his own favorites. Here's the thing. While while New Day New Day is spectacular in what they do with the the entertainment that they provide, AJ Styles is right with them. This character with AJ Styles and Omos has been so much fun from Survivor Series and all the stuff that happened there. He continues to provide value with this character each week, and I had so much fun with them quizzing AJ about Omos and him getting everything wrong and some of these answers. His favorite color is mauve. Um, his his favorite wrestler is definitely AJ Styles. No, it's not. It's Andre the Giant. And poor Omos did not want to say it. He really didn't want to say it, but he had to. He had to speak the truth. Um, and then they finish it off with AJ Styles trying to get back in New Day. He and he starts to irritate them by going, "Hey, J Rocks." And he's and he's jiving in the middle of the ring. And I I lost it during this whole segment. I had so much fun. I know it's a, a unique number one for the week, but to me, it was my number one. I had so much fun with this, and it was great entertainment. All right, so my number one is actually going to be a number one, and it's going to be Rude. what happened throughout SmackDown with the Roman, Edge, and Daniel Bryan situation. So you start off the night with Daniel Bryan coming out, and, and the typical, I made him tap, I deserve a rematch type of thing, I'm going to sit in the ring until this happens. Well, Daniel doing this, it was, it was really great because, and I'll, I'll let you talk mostly about it, but how often have we seen this? And always from the heels or the assholes, and yep. Daniel's this guy that is always trying to do the right thing and trying to do things the right way, and I just loved the look on his face, like everything, he was so fed up and he's like if this is how things have to get done in this company then that's how i'm going to do them so and and that's the thing i enjoyed that because like you said he did realize like i'm gonna have to start just taking everything into my own hands so i mean it worked for apollo post- <laughs> look what look what he's managed to do he just yeah. comes out every week and asks for a title match no and problem he gets it uh so i'm gonna call him postman pierce just because i love saying it but pierce comes out and he, they're talking, and he, Daniel Bryan's like, well, well, here's a solution. You know, if you're not going to give me my match tonight, then how about I face the winner immediately after the match? It gets told that that's not fair. Okay, I'm at the point right now where I'm like, all right, this is good. This is a segment that's going to piss me off. Because well, what's great, what, what's great about that is he's pointing out all of the hypocrisy without directly coming at them. Right. He's giving them the opportunity. Let's do this. And they say, well, we can't because it's unfair. Okay, well, you literally just did that to me Sunday. So I, you know, it's it was kind of a clever way of getting forcing their hand and making them admit you are full of crap. And and that's what I enjoyed in the long run. And I'll get to that. But right, like in this moment, I was kind of like, oh, come on, like don't ruin this with that. Then he brought up the all right. Well, then how about I face the winner the second night? It is two nights. No, that's also unfair. And he's like, so you know, basically, like you said, it's okay for for you to do it to me, but. Everyone else, it's unfair. And I'm like, man, here we go. This isn't going to be a route I like. As the night progresses, you have this moment where Roman tells Paul and and Jay to go get Pierce. And I'm like, what is this about? Like, part of me was thinking that Reigns was going to say, add him to the match or let me have him. Like, whatever the case was, like, Reigns was going to say, like, give me, let's give him the title match or something. But instead, he tells him, I'm the champion. You have me for one night. One defense, and I'm like, okay, that's such a Roman thing to say. It's that's pretty cool. So then Edge shows up later in the night and he tells Roman, he goes, You need to do what you can to not have Daniel Bryan involved in this match. 
Because if he is, remember, I don't have to beat you. I have to. All I have to do is beat him. And that's what I've been saying this whole time. Edge being the opportunist doesn't. I don't think he thinks he can beat Roman, but he knows he can beat Daniel Bryan. So he's he's also now trying to get into Roman's head about the whole thing. It's in Roman's best interest to make it, you know, a singles match. So we get we get to the end of the night with this decision and everything, and I'm thinking, okay, I'm pretty sure it's just going to be a triple threat. But what's going to go on here? Because I feel that if you announce it as a two night thing, Daniel Bryan gets you know the winner the second night. I feel in that situation, Edge wins and then Edge loses to Daniel Bryan. Is what I was thinking. Um, if that's how they announce it, because Roman said you only get one one night, one defense. So put the belt on Edge, and then it immediately gets taken off the next night. Which I, I don't know that I'd be upset with that route, but. We get the the announcement, and and Pierce comes out and he goes, you know, you know, you're right, Roman. You are the champion. You only need to defend your title once, you know, one night, you know, whatever. It's not fair for it to be defended back to back. It's not fair for it to be defended the next night. But Daniel Bryan has a point. He's had to do all of these things, and that's when it turned around for me in that aspect where I was like, okay, you are acknowledging that Bryan was was you know smited of these these chances because of stuff like that and you're going and you go you know what so since you're only defending one night we only have you for one night it's a triple threat and we thought that's where it was going but i am so excited to have daniel bryan in this match this i thought the kevin owens and roman reigns was the best storyline of the year or whatever i think this has been the best storyline you know like this is everything that's happened through this whole thing and again I had mentioned it when we just talked about the match from from Fastlane, but rated our superstar Edge. We got this aggressive Edge back. He's getting in faces. He's yelling. He's getting pissed off about certain things. He's doing that thing where it's like, this is mine. I did what I needed to do to get there. This is mine. You did nothing type of thing. Like It's the, the whole Edge mentality. And the only part that didn't sit too well was talking about the Royal Rumble, and it was like, yeah, you won the Royal Rumble, but you didn't have to go for the title right after that. Brian did. Like, what you're saying isn't comparing right now. But I get where he was coming from. But Well, Brian was in that Rumble and didn't win. So well, no, and I get that. Point. I get that. But the, to go a whole elimination chamber, which could arguably be worse than a Royal Rumble as far as yeah. it goes, and then to defend right after. But anyway... the You know how that WWE logic goes. The Rumble's edge higher. just snapping at the end, like... You have Brian hits the the knee on on Edge. Brian gets speared, and then Edge just loses his shit with the chair. Damn near hits the concerto and shit. Like we we have that rated R aggressive Edge back. We have that Edge that makes me believe he can beat Roman Reigns. He can win this title. And the fact that easily my two favorite wrestlers right now are in this title picture with another of my top five wrestlers right now. Is is awesome. Like I love everything about this match and what happened last night with everything. Yeah. So your number one rave is Friday Night SmackDown. It was you, you did just pretty much go over the whole show. It was the, the intro with that. of the show, anyway, the outro, the middle segments. Another another great thing that I loved about it when he suggested that I rest, that he wrestle on night two, and that was seen as like insanity. 
Does everybody remember Daniel Bryan's path to the championship where he had to fight Triple and H? And I was thinking night. that. And then a triple and threat that, yep. in the same night? Yep. I so, thought that idea was genius. It constantly just kept show, it kept forcing them to show the hypocrisy. And B-plus player. What makes the story so compelling, at the very end, Adam's going over and telling why everybody's right. And it's true. Everybody has a great point. Uh, you touched on the Rated R Superstar stuff. I feel like Roman's getting left behind now, honestly. I think, um, so. I think Edge and Daniel are greatly outshining him. Uh, I think no matter who wins this, even if it's it's Roman, it's well documented. I'm well behind Daniel to win this. But I do want to put it out there that no matter who wins this, I'm going to love it at this point because the build has been great. As long as the match isn't just trash, I'm going to be able to enjoy it. Um, but... So, Daniel, I mean, we don't need to say anything more about Daniel. You touched on the edge stuff. He finally, he snapped a little bit. We saw a little bit more of him. Um, with me being behind Daniel and wanting Daniel to win, when Edge is setting up the concerto, I wanted to see it. Like, I I was invested in both of these guys. And Roman, every week, I just see him doing everything he can to not wrestle. What would have been way better for me is if Roman got so fed up and he said, screw it, screw it. He said, I'm going to beat both their asses at WrestleMania. Because we all know that Roman can. Mm-hmm. We know that Roman's capable of that. And that's when Roman is most interesting, when he knows that. And and instead of, we're almost trying to get him back to being an underdog again, it feels like in some ways, but just with the heel route. And I think uh, Daniel, and, Daniel and Edge's character work is leaving him behind, which is interesting because Roman started off as one of the strongest characters in WWE when he came back with the Tribal Chief gimmick. I'd be interested, I, I know we just talked about this for like 30 minutes, but how do you feel about that, Blake? I, I don't I don't think he's lacking in character. I think what you're seeing is you're seeing two people paired with him that are undergoing new characters with Edge switching to more of, we're getting rid of the grit bullshit, and now we're getting the radar superstar. That's exactly what I called it last night, the grit bullshit. So, like, there's excitement there, and then Daniel transitioning into the, I'm just here to put people over. No, I'm not anymore. This is not the Daniel Bryan you're going to get. This might be my last WrestleMania. I'm doing everything I can to be in the main event. And I I love the edges, since you just brought that up, like, his response. He's like, this could be anyone in this company's last WrestleMania. Like, that I mean, it's true. Like, so I think I think for Roman, it's while while it's accurate that those two are, are outshining him right now. I think a lot of that is because Roman's character has been ongoing since SummerSlam, established. And all right, my number one for the week goes to NXT. It goes to Kyle and Adam and the promo at the at the table signing the contract. Which first thing first thing I want to talk about is Regal standing there with that pissed off look. For about 20 minutes straight. He was not happy with either of these guys. You could see the moments where he sympathized with what they were saying, but he was furious. He could not, he, uh, I think earlier in the night, it started off by showing Adam had walked in on Kyle and at some kind of training, I guess. Kyle took him down immediately, which I thought was hilarious. Um, but no, the, the, the signing was, was the best part for me. And, it both of them both of them had very great points. I loved everything that Adam had to say about Kyle. Um, he talks about how Adam feels like he's always been head and shoulders. I've always felt the same thing too. I felt like Undisputed Era has held back Adam in a sense, um, and he felt a lot of those things too. 
And then it was great when we got to Kyle's side because after Adam says all this and you get behind him, Kyle kind of brings you back to reality. It's like, great, you're a good athlete, but you're an asshole. You're a crap person. Kyle's like, while you were out here doing all this, I became a better person. And it helps make the sudden change of heart. You realize it wasn't so sudden. He talks about, I want to do things the right way. All the years of sneak attacks and all all the cheating and stuff like that. Kyle is over that. He is at a part of his career where he wants to genuinely improve, improve and just be a better person. I like that he acknowledged the fact that they pissed off a whole locker room, the GM, like... There's not They're just not, like, right, hey, guys, I'm going against Adam Cole. I'm just a different person. Like, he's got to prove himself to these guys in the locker room. Like, that acknowledgement was was really cool. I'm super excited for this match. And this this segment just made me even more excited. I, I did enjoy that a lot. Back to you, Blake. I'm going to go with a rant for the round two. And it's going to go to NXT. It's going to be the loss uh, for LA Knight to Bronson Reed. I... Yep. Don't understand this match. I don't understand it either. Other like, than I know that they're just going to do this match to take over and have LA Knight win. And then. who cares? And nobody cares. Not me. Bronson Reed is, he is the guy to beat when you want to get to the next level. But you beat him once. You don't you don't lose to him and then beat him. So you have already effectively ruined this you character. Beat, you beat a jobber your first match. And then you lose the Bronson Reed the very next week. It's not a good start. It's not a great start at it's not all. Not a good start at all. And let I, me talk to you. Yeah, let me talk to I, you. I, I'm losing it for him already. Like, it oh, I got sucks. nothing left. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, uh, anyway, sorry. That you know, <laughs> when you see when you see guys come into NXT, usually the path is pretty clear. We've seen it with Drew McIntyre. We've seen it with Karrion Cross. They don't lose to Bronson Reed in their second match. They don't. We've seen it with Adam Cole. The the big name players, they don't go down this route. Now that's not to say that LA Knight isn't going to end up being a big name player, but this is a horrible it's very start. Very deflating for right now, right? And and on top of that, he talked to us, let me talk to you for about 4 weeks before his first match. So I'm anticipating like, man, we're going to get some good stuff from this guy when we finally get to him. Not I mean, a good start. The man can wrestle, but the losses are not. They're the the yeah the route that they're starting one is not okay. It you know you can you can take a loss, but yeah. not to Bronson Reed, and not right after you beat a job. Yeah, like you, you take you take a loss to somebody at that top tier after a few matches that you're beating middle tier after you right. beat you know Dexter Loomis after you beat. Bronson Reed, you beat Cameron Grimes, you beat a few of these guys, and then maybe you you do suffer a loss you to Karrion like Cross, Karrion Cross, Gargano, yeah, like, whatever. Yeah, okay, no, I get it. Yeah, sure, but not Bronson Reed, no. <laughs> and not not on not on a weekly episodic show either. Well, I don't want to like, see him lose to Bronson Reed. Period. And well, no, but especially anyway. My my next one is a rant as well, and by God. If Braun Strowman running around the fucking outside of the ring wasn't dumb enough, let's add a fucking train to it. Please, please, That's please. all I got to say, so go ahead and argue it, because that's all I have to say about it. I want someone to explain it to me. Oh, I thought what you were about to thought? go against me again. What is the thought process? This like, is so stupid. I couldn't tell if it was a joke or not. I And, and I couldn't either, but then I sat back and thought about it, and I was like, this isn't. I don't think this is a joke at all. It didn't I, seem. It I seemed like it was supposed to be. Serious. I literally think that they were like, 
this man is a freight train. Let's add this train sound to it. And and at first I was like, okay, like what am I actually hearing this right now? Like I had to think about what was actually going on. Again, Roy gave me that face and did that setup. Like I'm like, is he really about to argue this? Like all I had to say was Braun running around the ring and then adding that to it. He is not a monster anymore. I swear to God, if they call him the monster among men ever again, I'm never going to believe it. Not well, going to believe it once. You've had Thomas the train. Now you've got Braun the train. It was a good try, Blake, but go fuck yourself. <laughs> it was stupid. No, it, it was. I don't know. Don't, what and both of your faces, honestly, I was like, which one of y'all is really going against me on this? Because you both look like that was good or something. Oh, it was the dumbest was damn good? thing. Dumbest damn thing. All right, guys, to close out round two, I'm giving a rave to NXT, and it, it's for Walter K. Owing, Drake Maverick. Um, I mean, that's exactly how the, the match should have went. I also love that Walter is so aggressive. He's ready to snap in the submission on a dead guy. They're like, bro, he's out. Get off of him. He was out from the powerbomb. Uh, I am so excited for Champa versus Walter. You yeah. Guys, are you guys yeah, I am that? too. I am too. And and I feel I'm more confident now in Walter winning because it's the NXT UK belt. That's what I'm. I don't want Walter to lose. I will be devastated. And I do kind of have that that same hope of like, well, with the title on the line, maybe that means Walter will keep it yeah. and win the match. I, I don't. I don't want to see Walter lose by any means. But I also feel like for Champa's side of things, it's a unique position for him to be in as well because we've seen him do so much and he's kind of fallen by the wayside in the past year so an nxt uk like title run if he were to win would be something different and a an interesting way to use that belt as well yeah i can't i don't feel like i have a grasp on the winner of this match honestly i think it could go either way i, I feel mean, that'd be a cool way to send some of your american wrestlers to the uk like the uk is coming here like showcase them off over there. Yeah, I I feel like it's definitely Walter. I feel yeah. pretty confident in that. I think Champa's in that position now where it's not really about him anymore. How does Thatcher play into all of this? I have no idea other than maybe Thatcher calls Champa and ends up joining um, Imperium, but okay. I, I'm not sure. But I I feel like everything lines up for Walter winning more than anything. All right, Blake, round three. That was quick. Um. <laughs> I'm going to go with a rave, and I'm giving it to Dolph Ziggler and Rey Mysterio on SmackDown. I came into this match. I, I didn't I didn't really care, to be completely honest with you. I'm not a huge fan. I do. Ring the bell. Okay. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Rant versus Rave. I don't know why I said okay when you're the one who has to say it. It threw me off. You <laughs> okay. say ring the bell and then having to do it. But... There's not a ton for me to pitch here to you, Greg, as a judge, because I came into it not really caring. I'm not a huge fan of the dirty dogs or top dogs. No damn dirty dogs. Cole keeps calling them the top dogs. I don't know if you guys caught that last week, but Dolph was like, well, we're not the top dogs, but whatever. Whatever you want to call us. Uh, They're definitely a a filler tag team championship team, in my opinion. But I do think that SmackDown has done a better job of building their division by having matches between other tag teams and not involving the champs. And this singles match, while it wasn't something that I was looking forward to, I actually think it was really well done. I had fun in the match. You had Dolph Ziggler and Rey Mysterio, who, whether you like them or not, 
you definitely respect them in the ring and their talent level. And it showed big time in this match. They had a couple of really cool spots that I enjoyed that, that stood out to me. And that was Dolph completely throwing, powerbombing Ray. Like, it, it, he chucked him, like, over the barricade and, like, into the middle row of the seats. And then... Dominic comes over to check on him, and he just straight super kicks him, and he had it really slick with the camera angle for that. And then another one that stood out to me was the zigzag with Rey Mysterio. He was about to jump off the ropes. He's hanging on the middle rope, and then he hits the zigzag. And I think both of the camera angles are really good in those positions. And I had fun with the match, even though I came into it not caring. All right, Greg. Uh, please tell me you watched the full match. I did. Okay, great. I didn't. <laughs> um, so it was probably a good match. I don't know. I, I needed to tell my story here, though. At the start of this match, uh, I was already just very unenthusiastic. Same thing Blake felt. It's it's Ray and it's Ziggler. I'm not a fan of Ray. I'm a fan of Ziggler, but I know his position in the company. He's here to lose. And I know that this match is just so that I got to imagine. Because, you know, when one guy beats the tag champions in singles... You got to imagine that puts them in contention to win the titles at WrestleMania with their son, right? You got to imagine. You got to. That's all we're doing here. Um, so I was pretty aggravated w- with that right away. Um, I ended up pausing. I ended up. No, no, no. That's what happened. I fast forwarded. I fast forwarded as much as I could. I ended up getting live, unfortunately, and I had to watch it just in time to see uh, the zigzag, one of the most beautiful zigzags it was. I had ever seen from your tag team champion, a modified, elevated, supposed to be a higher version of his finisher that still was not able to close the match. It was at that time, Greg, that I paused the TV so the time could pass and I could finish fast-forwarding the match. That's exactly what I did. All right, so this gets a rave. Roy didn't even watch the match. He was just upset about the situation. Um, it was a good match. I, I did watch the match. Uh, it was good. I I don't mind the Rey Mysterio win. I do feel like that was the direction they were going anyway with Dominic and Rey against the for the titles at Mania. Um, I had no issues with the match at all. I enjoyed it. Now um, I want to say, even though my what I said is all true, that's how I feel. Uh, I want to be clear that the one part that's not banter is the zigzag part. That uh, yeah. honestly bothered me i did not like that and and the thing is is i've i could have done without that that spot itself was beautiful and it was it it should have closed the match close a different match with it him hitting his finisher in that way and then i don't know but that's that's what happens with the zigzag it he he hits it or he almost hits it but it doesn't quite work it's it's ziggler it's it's what he's there that for. Is it, that is Ziggler. It's to tip, yeah, it's, it's his points, character. But your points are the exact same way I felt really throughout. I, and I don't even know what made me give the match a chance. To be completely honest with you, I'm glad I did. The only thing that I feel a little bit differently on than you is, while I agree, it was kind of one of those you gotta imagine moments. I think they've done a much better job of building this team up prior to getting to that moment. Whereas usually. What would happen is you would just see a tag team. They wouldn't have done anything for months. They pin one of the champions of the tag team champions, and then they get the match. Ray and Dominic have been having consistent matches over the, the last few weeks, and they did beat the Street Profits last week. So we saw the exact same thing, but just interpret it different. What I saw was Ray and Dominic versus Corbin for eight weeks. WrestleMania season, 
time for a WrestleMania push so they can get the title match. Yeah, what we definitely saw it differently because what I saw is um, a storyline between Corbin and Zayn, a a a tag team in the Street Profits, a tag team in Dominic and Ray, and everything interjecting in that tag team story with Gable and Otis as well. All right, so it did get the rave, Roy, but I'm I'm essentially going to cancel it out anyway because my next one is a rant to SmackDown, and this week for me, it is Big E, and. The reason behind this is last the last couple of weeks we've gotten this huff and puff, pissed off Big E. I know it wasn't settling too well with you guys, but I was getting a little bit behind it. But then this week you have him come out as essentially New Day Big E with the Street Profits. And how am I supposed to take your serious character serious? When two weeks of that, you get the win at Fastlane, and then you're back to joking around and shaking your ass and... And essentially, the new New Day coming out. And it just, uh, it, it doesn't sit. Had had maybe Street Profits came out and then Big E came out, may have been a little different. But the coming out and joking around with them and Montez coming down on the skateboard or whatever the hell it was on underneath of him. Like, it just didn't make Big E look good at all. And it's essentially... It, this is going to be his character. I, think he was I feel just sliding. I don't think he had anything under him. I, I think at one point, once he got off the ramp, it looked like he was actually elevated. I don't know. He may not have. He because on the ramp, it did look like he was just sliding. Either way, this does not look good on Big E. Um, and and I I'm behind where you guys are. I think that they don't know how to transition his character, and they don't know what to do with him. So, essentially, the way I'm going to call it is a bipolar Big E. How do you feel about just one week he's pissed off and the next week he loves everything? How do you feel about Big E versus Apollo at WrestleMania? I'm I'm done with it already. I'm done with it already. It Big E told me for three weeks that Apollo doesn't get another chance for Apollo to get another chance. And whereas yes, I can get behind Apollo's character, it's already losing me. It's already losing me. It's there's no consistency in the and like and I mentioned this before. There's no consistency in this accent. That's hard for me to get behind when you're. The character isn't fully developed in that way. I, I, I want to like him, but right now I can't, and that's just how I feel about it. And this whole feud has gotten me soured on Big E too. Well, and you got to remember too the way that Fastlane finished was Apollo kicking Big E's ass after the match. Yeah, so he should be even more upset once again. And it was almost and as then, if he said, "Ah, well, who cares about that?" That's Let's what I'm saying. Like, yeah. it's like a bipolar Big E. I'm pissed off one week, and then I'm smelling roses the next. And don't like, get me wrong; I definitely don't want another promo from from whiny, cry, <laughs> heavy breathing Big E. But there's got to be some consistency. There has to be, and the character is not there anymore for me. All right, guys. My next one is a rave, and it goes to the moment this week that gave me. Chills. Absolute chills. I was so excited when AEW at the announcement of Roads to the Top. Oh, okay, the show. I was thinking you were saying something else. Blake, come on, you're with me on this, right? So the So I didn't see much of this because I, right mar- I thought it was right where I thought it and it may have been. Was it a commercial or was it part of the show? It was part it was of the show. It was, it was yeah, a promo. Yeah, it was but I saw obviously briefly, commercial format, but it was on the show. Yeah, so I thought it was a commercial. I did see briefly, but I didn't get too much in depth. What, well, what you it, get the concept. Literally, it's basically to- Ms. and Mrs. Exactly. The roads. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God, and I can't wait. 
Uh, I know it sounds, it, it probably sounds a little silly. And a couple years ago, this may have been something that I hated maybe when I was younger. But I'm, I'm so excited. And in some ways, I feel almost like a little bit proud. Like, we watch these characters for so long. Like, I go, Cody Rhodes has been a part of my life for what, 10 years? 10 years I've supported this guy. So seeing everything that he's built and being able to get a glimpse into his life and stuff like that, I can't wait. I, I am a big fan of uh, Total Divas, Total Bellas, and Miz and Misses, for transparency's I sake. I love Miz and Misses. <laughs> so I think Rhodes, I, I'm really excited for Rhodes to the top. I'm, I'm excited for it, too. Like I said, I love Miz and Misses. I like that this one is a little more... I get that there's that family aspect to it, because they talk about certain things relationship-wise with like family. But I like that a lot of it is kind of based on building AEW as well. Um, from what it seems like a lot of the backstage, like the stress and everything that was put into it on them as a, a, a couple to get this to where it is. Uh, and around three, what was your guys' favorite show this week? Mine was SmackDown, but unfortunately, Greg took the whole show. <laughs> mine was SmackDown. The mine's actually, I think mine was AEW. I think SmackDown had the highest highs with the Daniel stuff, but I think that was all it had. I see. I actually have a couple more things that I'm ready to rave about for SmackDown. So, well, you go ahead because I'm leaving it to you now. I tried to separate a few things, and you you he is really salty. About I am a little. Salty. This is like the fifth he's time he's been, brought he's it up. Salty the last like three I weeks. I, I, I'm I'm like in a great mood, but a little salty that he did take <laughs> SmackDown because there was some stuff. I, I'll talk about it in honorable mention though. Um, I'm going to rave. And I'm going to give it to Monday Night Raw. And I'm giving it to Bobby Lashley and MVP in their segment where they they're pretty they're pissed off with the the losing effort lately of Shelton Benjamin and Cedric Alexander and the fact that they came out to ringside during Bobby's match and one of the things I loved I loved so much because they continue to make Bobby feel important and I love that MVP which in my opinion is one of the greatest managers I've ever seen I know that's a that's a hard statement to make, but this run, great, man. this run, he has crushed it from day one. But he he explains to them that them being out at ringside trying to help Bobby makes him look weak. He does not need their help. He is Bobby Lashley. He did not ask for their help, and he did not need their help. And I love the way he broke this down to them. Of course, then it leads into you guys need to prove yourself. Some of that may have lost me a little bit. Well, I, I didn't mind that. I liked MVP kind of calling them out and saying, get your stuff together. I love that. Yeah, but but later in the night, they lose in a handicap match to yeah. Drew McIntyre. I'm not going to say that rubbed me the wrong way. but It rubbed it, me the wrong way. It Former makes them feel champion. like jobbers. Yep. And, and I don't like that. But what I do like was this segment in particular because MVP shined once again. He helped Lashley shine without MVP. Bobby Lashley is never in this role, in my opinion, ever. So, no, I agree completely. Um, and that, that segment was beautiful. I have a question for you, though. Do you feel like it was immediately undermined by Bobby Lashley going into the locker room where all the 24-7 people are and asking them to help him? That That is a good point because it, it completely takes away such a great message and it makes it seem like I'm worried about Drew. And Bobby McIntyre. had just said, "I don't need your help," yeah. and that was great. That's that, yeah. that's what I loved. I agree with that. I I would say that is closer to a rant than anything else. I do think long term it'll provide some interesting moments right. in the next couple of rolls. 
but I don't agree with it because you took what was such a great message about Bobby Lashley, and basically what you said to me was, Lashley doesn't need your help in this match, but he needs your help with Drew McIntyre. And that's not the message that I want portrayed about Bobby Lashley. Even if he loses to Drew, that's understandable. Drew McIntyre is at the top of his game. But he shouldn't need help with Drew. He should feel confident right. going in with Drew. That's what we want to see, a yeah, confident that's what Bobby we Lashley. See. We want to see two men that are at the top of their game, full confidence. Exactly. All right, Greg, what do you got? All right, so my next one, if Roy moves his hand so I can see. Uh, my next one is going to go to AEW, and it's going to go to the promo with Britt Baker. Okay. Um, it's a rave? It's a rave. Uh, the reason that I like this a lot is it. she said a lot of the things that we have literally been saying on this podcast, and that she should be the face of the women's division. That if it wasn't for her, that what the hell is her name? Thunder Rosa wouldn't be where she's at because Thunder Rosa wasn't even a part of the, you know, AEW from day one. Now I have a question similar to the one I had for Blake. Uh, this was a great promo by Brit and I, I know you have more of it to cover, but do you feel like this promo was immediately undermined by the fact that she can't win a match? So here's my thing. If we're going to acknowledge what has been happening and we're going to right the ship, which I've kind of felt like we've been doing over time with the women's division, I'm I'm willing to not answer that right now and give it a chance. Okay, but but I'm I, willing to I not can't, answer that. Well, right no, what now. I'm saying is I'm willing to not put them down right now over what has happened and give it a chance. But I can see where you're coming from, and that's how you feel because she did just lose this big match, and then she's out here claiming that she is that, but. The reason why it sits so well with us is because we know she can be the number one in that division. She even brought up uh, Sheeta and said that where where is she week to week all the time? That Britt is always there. And it's been true. So the I love the promo. I love the acknowledgement. And I love the fact that it's literally everything we've just been asking for and saying for the last how, how long. So I'm really hoping this is the right direction for Britt Baker. And we we finally get what we're asking for. I agree. It's hard. It's just hard to imagine because I got to think that this promo was already in mind when the the loss was written. I just can't understand if not now, like when are we going to pull the trigger? And I can't keep investing in this person and being excited for these big feuds where I think finally this is that moment just to be just for it to not be. And it sucks because I even said, like, I'm slowly losing it for Brit. But then I, I didn't care about the loss last week because she wins you the over. match She's was so goddamn good she, and she won me back over like i was upset with her and the moment she came out by the end of the promo i'm like all right brit well i'm saying the match itself and then and then you come out and do the promo and i'm like okay i'm behind her again like they're they're pulling me back into brit i'm just hoping that this time the pulling me back in isn't for disappointment is there any way to separate like investment in a character that loses, like is there just is there a way? Right. Well, I mean, Roy does it with Dolph Ziggler all the time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, think, I think we were doing it with KO I for a long Brit, time. I think Britt has me at that point where it's like, at least right now, I know that they're just for whatever reason not giving her the wins, but she's such a star in comparison to what is there that I'm able to just forget about it and be in that moment as she speaks and as she performs in her matches and she continues to grow and just her character work that I almost forget when she tells me she's a legend, even though she's lost the last like five matches. Like that's where I'm at with Britt right now. So Never I forget. 
All right, my turn. Yes, sir. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I think Greg gave me a little hint earlier of how this is going to go, but uh, I'm going to give a rave to AEW, and it's going to go to the QT Marshall promo. Ring the bell. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, it's time. Just QT Marshall or the whole damn thing? Fuck it, ring the bell. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, it's time for Rant versus Rave. So every week, AEW usually will post the card ahead of time. Their card was lacking this week for me. Uh, when I looked at it, there wasn't a whole lot of excitement going in. The promos and the narratives of the stories throughout AEW made it an A show for me. That's why it ended up being my favorite show of the week. And this is one of the one of the better examples of it. QT Marshall, who, I mean, for the first year of this podcast was just called Jackass. Um, and I still saw him that way all the way up until this recent pay-per-view where he did the stuff with Dustin. And even then, I was like, okay, kudos to you on that. You're still a jackass. This promo and, and the, a little bit of the realism to it kind of turned me a little bit and bought me into the QT Marshall character and hearing some of his struggles and the way he feels about things is literally exactly how I feel. Like you are just Cody Rhodes friend and that's, that's exactly how he feels about himself. So why am I talking to you? You're the judge. I'm sorry. I should be making eye contact with you. Um, this was a very humanizing thing for, for QT. Uh, Cody, Cody likes to like come out with his little headset on all the time. I don't know why he came out with a guy that he handed the headset to instead of just sitting the headset down before he came out of the tunnel. Um, but so he challenges him to to this exhibition match, and still I, there's a little bit of. I mean, on Cody's end, he he feels like he's respecting Marshall when he says, "Even if I get the 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 figure four, or if I get any of these moves, I'm not going to hurt you." And I'm I'm assuming this is going to be like a maybe it's going to be scored or something. They keep saying they they stress the word exhibition as if it's not necessarily like a regular match. I, it's, it's I'm sounds, not sure. I maybe my thought process was it'll be a regular match, it's just like not included in the standings. Okay. All right, well, I will have to see what direction they take and how they... They didn't give us a lot of, like, detail. It almost... Because with him saying he was going to let go of the moves and stuff, I'm almost thinking, like, it's just going to be Arn's going to score it and give a winner at the end or something. I don't know, because now you're going to close a match without doing something to the guy, you know? Um, And I love that Marshall kind of just was quiet for a lot of it. He didn't fight back. He wasn't... He didn't... Be an asshole just for the sake of being an asshole. He got the match that he wanted. And you could see things still kind of bothering him. But he's going to wait until next week. And he's made me pay attention to him. And I'm excited to see what he's going to end up doing. Um, so I don't give a shit about QT Marshall. Uh, yes, you came out and you stated everything. And I could get behind that. Like You you are known as Co- you know Cody's friend and everything. But it absolutely went south when Cody came out and said the things he said. Why can't Cody just refuse a match with somebody for one? Um, I'm kind of at the point where I almost feel like Cody showcased a little too much. And it's it's getting annoying to me that he even has to come out here and go, but guess what? You're my friend. I'm, I'm giving you what you want, but I'm also not going to give you what you want. Because what you want to do is you want to beat me. You want to show you can beat me. But I'm going to let you beat me in a sense. I'm going to I'm gonna lock the figure four, but I'm going to let it go. 
if I set you up for the crossroads, I'm not going to hit it. Like it, it, it makes zero sense to me. It takes away. Why are you even having a fucking match? It's a stupid concept. It was a stupid response by Cody. It would have been much better if it just went off the damn air from the promo and then come back like they always do and go, Cody's agreed to the match next week or some dumb shit. It completely fucked it up with that Cody response. Greg makes a good point. Because I I, I actually enjoyed QT more than I did Cody. Because QT's felt very real. And Cody's response was kind of what I expected from Cody, which I almost didn't like in a way. I wanted a little bit more. But I I think... I don't I, think Cody was the point here. It, he wasn't. He wasn't. But it's still like it's it's meshed in with all, with all that in a situation. And I don't want to have dead air here, but I really don't. I I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a rave. But the only the only reason that I'm going to give it a rave, quite frankly, is because I am interested in how it goes next week. I think QT did enough in that promo to make me feel interested in that next week. You were absolutely correct. I don't think Cody did enough to make me interested in that match next week. Not at all. But I'd have been so much more interested if they had just announced it. I agree with that. I could that. give two shits about this match now. I agree with that. I, well, I don't want to say that. Well, I do care. I know care, you don't, but I, but I just... But I agree with you about Cody. I think that should have been different. I think QT nailed it. I'm still interested, and, and for that reason, I'm going to slightly go rave, but it is very close. And I'm fine with that, and that's why I almost didn't go against it, because you did say the QT part of it. And but I wanted to keep the integrity. I'm like, you know, no, I'm not going to go back on my I mean, for transparency's rate, but- sake. I thought that Rhodes' part in this was fine. I get that it was minimal yeah. and exactly what you expect. But I, one thousand, what's he going to do? Come out here and be like, and next week, Cody Rhodes, QT Marshall. He didn't have once to- in a lifetime. He I didn't have to say that at all. Out. He's an arrogant asshole. He's like, I get- I'm going to get the move, and I'm not going to hurt and you. And that's that's the part that's starting to piss me off yeah, about I don't Cody. Like it. Um, but no, like he didn't even have to come out to me. They could have left it with QT's promo. The fact that his wife was there and he's pointing out all these things and like they're showing her reaction to it. Like, yeah, like he is there working all the time while Cody gets to go, go back. Is there and anybody else though, like that, the wife like, thing? I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. Is there anybody else who was like your wife? Weren't you just flirt with Allie? And this is the first thing that came to mind. But then I thought. This is wrestling. I know, it's, but it's just. But no, I get it. I you get gotta, it. You gotta connect the dots at some point. I get it. But, but no, like, and, and but I, like I said, I was fine with QT's part of this. I enjoyed that. Cody ruined it for me. And that's really, that's really it. Like, that's really my biggest part of it. I think my issue with Cody Rhodes right now, I, you, you are the biggest. No, because you guys keep, you're like, I know, I know you. Cody was trash in this. And yeah. I think that was the point. He was here to make only Marshall look good. It wasn't about Cody at yeah. all. I here here's here's the issue though. I still felt like it was about Cody because Cody came out and addressed it. I agree with him that Cody should have never even came out. It should have just been announced that they're going to do the match. It should have been a little bit more subtle on Cody's end because the the vibe that I'm getting lately is Cody's on screen just because Cody needs to be on screen. You're you're having these thrown together matches with like Pen with Penta. He had a match with a Jobber a week before that. I'm starting to feel like they're just putting Cody out there to put Cody out there. He doesn't need to be out there. And that's what I'm saying. That's I th- why it rubbed me the wrong way. I think he's taking too much away from wrestlers that could be getting more time. We don't need to see Cody every single he's week. He's only ever here to lose. I, I, 
But, but, but we don't still, need that. I don't yeah, even need that. He's still finding a way to put himself on TV that. every single week. All right, let's well, like, just get Cody out of AEW. See, then. I don't bye, know Cody. <laughs> no, no. Wear your I, headset I and stay backstage. Cody, but I think I think every now and then, it's just like other other characters. Like he is, he's a guy who is like consistently on there over and over again. And every now and then, maybe you just need a little bit of break to get into. Just a, take a, a back a, seat a more once meaningful in a while. Feud. It's it's tough. I get it. I get both sides of it because it's like, well, I want to see Cody Rhodes, but I also want to see a lot of talent in AEW that's not being showcased, and I don't need Cody there to put them over every time either. That's where I'm at right now. And that takes me to my final pick, and that's going to be a rant for Monday Night Raw. And I'm giving it to Asuka and Rhea Ripley, and they're set up for Mania. Did anyone enjoy this? No. I didn't not enjoy it, but I I saw it coming. They did. They did everything. Well, that's one of the first problems. As that, soon as Oscar exactly. was talking, in your head, you knew when the Raya music played, right? Yep. You knew Raya music. Okay. That's the first problem. First problem was it was obvious. Second problem is they made it super obvious that this is only happening because Charlotte Because Charlotte has it. COVID. Okay. Right. And that, let's touch on that. Because that was awkward as hell, right? Extremely. Where she's like, oh... She has COVID. Like, did you give her COVID? It seemed like it was Rhea's plot all along, right? The way she announced it. She's just a matter of fact, Charlotte has COVID. And it seemed real ominous. Like, okay, what did you do to Charlotte? Three. Rhea was terrible in this. She spoke like a fucking robot. It, she seemed so uncomfortable in this role. And, and honestly, I don't even blame her. Because she told me why this role happened. She's just thrust into this. There's almost no planning involved. Her her promo that she was given, I'm assuming, was complete shit. It was crap. So I don't even blame her for that. Look at how this man goes. It was complete shit. It was crap. It, it was it was it was just really bad. Everything. Asuka, I didn't get the normal Asuka that I get. That energetic. Asuka vibe. was weird even in this Asuka too. Asuka was yeah. weird. It feels like a not a very good pairing. It just it was really the whole thing was off putting. Not exciting at all, and feels like a thrown together match, and that's such a disaster because you have a talent that is supposed to be important. She's in a world championship match, and I don't care, and, and that's insane. <laughs> and this just further proves Daniel Bryan's point because how many people get to just come out and point to a goddamn sign and say title match at WrestleMania? And then commentator says, "I hope officials approve this one." And then after the commercial break, it's official. They did that like three times Monday. Yes. We know it's official. Yes. Uh, we know how this works. Another thing I want to talk about with Rhea Ripley is that they stripped her of all of the work and things that had made her interesting up to this point when she comes down to the ring. And again, commentators built her up as unstoppable. Um, and that has not been Rhea Ripley's no. story over the last couple months. The story is that she is struggling and that she has been in a bit of a rut. And that's what made her interesting after all that time of dominance and stuff like that. So, And the last time that we've seen her on Raw, she was losing at WrestleMania. So how she's just coming out here, challenging in this match, the, the narrative has completely changed. It's like I've... Ha- it's like the last year of Rhea Ripley didn't even happen. It's because it's because there was they had no time to build. So they just 
showed us promos of Rhea for the last two months, ever since she came up short at Royal Rumble, and then they lied to us in our face and told us that she's this dominant force has been, which she is when she's on top of her game, but that is not the story in the past year. She's actually been on a free fall ever since she lost that match to Charlotte for the NXT Championship. They completely ignored that, lied to us, wanted us to feel like she had been beating everybody, and that's not the case. All right. So, uh, my last one is going to be a rave. It's going to go to AEW. I say this every week. I feel like I have to just give them these raves back because I feel like they're starting to write the ship. That's Ty Conti beating Nyla Rose. And I said it, we have the same three people involved in the women's division. And it was always Sheeta, Nyla Rose, and as of late, it just felt like it was just Thunder Rosa. Like, Britt Baker wasn't really in the title. Like, none of them were really in the title picture. But now I feel like we're building the women's division. Conti beating Nyla Rose, even though Nyla may not have been getting wins lately, that's big. That's big. If this was last year, Conti would have absolutely ate shit in this match. She would have never had a chance to win. She would have got her ass destroyed. For her to pull this win off, I'm, I'm, I got to give it to AEW. They they were they're writing the ship on these, uh, and I think that they're they're going in the right direction. And it would have been so spoiled had, because they said right now Conti is. I think they said she's ranked number one in the women's division. And if she would have lost to Nyla, that would have completely ruined her for me there. All right, guys. The last one of the nights. This is always this is always kind of hard to choose. Um, I, it's going to go to AEW, Rave to Kenny Omega for the I Chose You promo. Uh, this was another standout bit of storytelling over on AEW when he talks about when it was time to make that decision of where to go. And he lays it all out there for the Bucks. And he says, I chose you and you didn't choose me. I got to imagine that's in real life. That's something that'd be really difficult to say. And the Bucks made their choice. It sucks. I mean, I get their side of it, too, because Kenny's doing some things that they don't agree with. He's forcing them to choose between friendships and alliances and this and that and turning it all into a sides game. But, man, at the same at the same time, Kenny really had he he had some great points when he says, I chose you and you didn't choose me. Yeah, it was it was really good. I, I like I like what they've done lately with Omega and the Bucks. All right. Uh, looks like that wraps up the scoring. Uh, I get a sneak peek at who the winner is here. But before we get into that, why don't we go over some honorable mentions where we reverse the order? So that'll be Ergba, Roy, Greg, Blake, um, and we'll start with Rant. Honorable mentions on Rant. I have former tag champions losing the handicap match. Um, the Christian and Kaz segment. Now, don't get me wrong, I'm excited that Christian's going to be wrestling, but when the segment was happening, and Kaz is making reference to the same thing I've been saying, you know, you're going to outwork everyone, but you're not even wrestling. So Christian says, you know what? And I'm like, oh, snap, he's, he's finally getting ready to wrestle. He goes, next week. I'm like, damn, this man still isn't willing. He's still not willing to do any work. He's still trying to get himself an extra seven days. I couldn't believe it. Could you get behind a character... That says they work hard and then just continues yes. to push it if back. That, for- if that ended up being his thing, like he literally started just avoiding work all the time. So like we get there next week and he's like, oh, I can't because such and such. But I promise you next week, Chris and 
Continue to wear I think that, that would make a every- great character. Yes, that would be that would be outstanding. Um, let me ask you guys: How do you feel about this NXT Tag Team Championship match that was announced, uh, featuring the losers of the tournament and the winners of the tournament? Kind of takes away from the point of the tournament. Yeah, but it wasn't something that they planned. Yeah, Things it was came thrown up. together. It was an injury, and and I do feel like even though they did lose the tournament. They feel like an important tag team. I love them. Which, by I the mean, way, what what is that team's name? The Grizzled. Yeah. Okay. Every time. But, but I mean, look at what happened. The women's tag team belts. The team that lost beat the team that won. Well, let's not go there. Now you're making me I'm change just my saying. mind. I'm <laughs> just saying. Yeah, I get I'm it. I'm not that it's, interested. Now, in Phantasma. It. I could care less about them. I agree. It's, They're going to win. U- unique situation, so they kind of get the pass, but it's still not a decision that I would have made. Um, and then lastly, I just have Seth versus Shinsuke. I didn't really need to double down on the fact that Seth can beat Shinsuke. Uh, and Greg, that'll take us to you. I have uh, this fucking women's tag team division on Raw, man. Rose and Brooke versus Nia and Shayna for the what time? 800. I don't care. 32. Stop. 1,000. Um, 600. Elias and Braun. 29. Again? For the how manyth time? And 58. Okay. Uh, and then Orton summoning the Fiend. What the fuck happened? I here? don't get it because he had already been. <laughs> he, he was, was already, already summoned, there, and then he had to resummon him. He's like, right. "Yo, come back!" <laughs> he said, "Hey, come here." It made no sense. None. Zero. Zero nonsense. He just wanted to see where he'd come from this time. You know, is it? Does he always come out of the ring now, or does the lights go out and he shows up? Like he just wanted to summon and see. He's he's trying to get this vibe down of just where. Why'd you have to carry from? a gas container in a velvet fucking bag? So we didn't know what it was while he was walking down the yeah. ramp. That you could clearly tell was a gas container in the back. Yeah. Well, the shape anyway. is, you know, pretty obvious. <laughs> right. What's <laughs> uh, in the box? <laughs> I only had one, and it was definitely honorable mention because it may have just been on my end. So I'm curious if you guys experienced it as well. But the ending was completely cut off of AW for me. Did you guys have that issue as well, or is it just my end? I don't think so. I don't okay. think so. Might have been a might have been an issue with Sling. I watched the recording and. It, I don't think I missed anything, but you could like there was still like chaos happening, and then it just cut off, and that was it. So I didn't know if it was AEW or Sling, but that's it for me. All right, honorable mentions on the rave side: uh, Johnny Gargano on NXT when he says, "I'm not closing the door." How petty can you be? <laughs> he didn't get the results he wanted. <laughs> it would have been so, better if he just closed the door. <laughs> his payback is, "I'm not closing your door." So now Regal's got to get up from behind his desk to close his own damn door. Uh, the Pinnacle promo, they convinced me once again that they're to be taken seriously, despite me not having any personal investment in each individual guy. Craig disagrees. No, I... I. Oh, yeah, 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 we are. This is honorable mention for rape. No, no. And lastly, um, Mercedes Martinez is one of the most... She's one of the best businesswomen I've ever seen. Uh, first, she makes that decision of, no, you will not put me in retribution. <laughs> Then she said, then she makes this decision of if you're going to put me in this dumbass Robert Stone brand, you're going to pay me under the table for this. Uh, so I re- I've really enjoyed Mercedes. I uh, like the, this isn't enough. This is half. This is half. And he's like, what? She's like, this is half. And then, and then she's like, I'll, I'll, I want the other half after the match. <laughs> like, wait, what? Aaliyah is all excited about it. And he is not happy. He's like, it just cost me so much money. We got, uh, Greg. Uh, Lashley versus Sheamus. Uh, I enjoyed that match a lot. 
Um, I'm loving the Seth Rollins and Cesaro. Like, it's not much of a storyline, but I'm loving that they're they're giving Cesaro a push and that it's going to be Rollins at Mania. Um, KO show finally felt serious for once instead of just a big joke. Oh my god! But how do you guys feel about Sammy and Kevin again? It's see, didn't that- they advertise their match as the last time ever something because like that. they had all or like end of a they friendship had did or that shit. match so many times i believe that they had to book a don't worry guys this is it and, and that, now we're doing it at wrestlemania and it's been such a long time I'm, and it's mania yeah i do think it's a step down for KO. i think it's a boring I, wrestlemania match i'm hoping that when this trailer comes out next week him and i would love it if him and kevin teamed up at wrestlemania and I don't know who they would wrestle from there. Whoever's behind this conspiracy theory, I guess. But I think that would be more interesting than the singles. And, and where, like you said, I could care less about the match. I'm more show, more so just the KO show where it was like, no, shut the fuck up. I'm not here to joke around. I'm not here to deal with your bullshit. I'm just here to ask you a question. You and me at Mania, and he let he scared the shit out of Zane. And here's my thing. I think Zane legit wants his friendship back with KO. I don't think Zayn wants to fight KO. I think he I just either. wants but his friend back. You don't get to back. beat the crap out of somebody on oh, live no. TV seven days prior. For sure, for sure. But I think he just wants his friend yeah. back. Um, uh, Zoe Stark and Io Shirai versus Raquel and uh, and uh, Dakota Kai. I thought that was a really good match. Um, it seems like they're really trying to push Zoe Stark. And Are you sure? Because she's taking two pins yeah, in the hard last to two weeks. Yeah, but they're putting her in some bigger matches. So. I get it, but to lose, she's a loser. Yeah, she's losing a lot. I get that. I get that. It, the um, booking is confusing. I'm not saying I'm 100% behind her, but it seems like they are your, behind your her Your viewpoint is completely valid because yeah. they're telling us what a big deal she is in right. her, first, her first few matches, So, but then she is losing, so and it's she's, bizarre. It's and hard to tell. I'm getting something out of her in the matches, but, but I agree. Heavily. I agree. She is taking the pins. Um... Devlin versus Kushida. I, Kushida, I just love watching anyway. Why Kushida isn't a champion in, in, in whatever right is beyond me. Because he has no character. I See, I don't need a big character out of my... I can just take the aggressive guy, really, from him, because I enjoy watching him. When he was heel, I agree. But... Um, And then the last one is John Silver and Darby Allen. I fucking love John Silver, guys. <laughs> fucking Johnny Hungy! I... I fucking love him so much. If this man is not a champion at one point, I will be upset. But John John Silver, man, ever since what was, what was that match? Who did he have the one match against? And we were all like, "Holy shit!" God, I can't remember. But ever since then, dude, he's got everything. He's got the comedy side. He's got the power in the ring. He can move. Like I love watching him. Before you do yours, Blake, I want to ask you guys: How do you feel about? How do you guys feel about? Moxley and Eddie these days. They just seem like two drunk buddies just hanging out, I having think, a good time every week. I think that's the point. I've been enjoying it. I think that's the point, and they're they're telling us that we we don't give a shit about you. So it is very much like we're about ourselves, we're going to do us, but when it comes, and I'm hoping that they deliver with this, but when it comes for us to be in the ring together... I wouldn't have went so far as you guys talk trash, we we kill or something like that. Whatever he said, like we murder people or whatever the fucking case was. Because if you come out and lose, you're just a jackass off the bat. But we know you're not going to get a ring and kill somebody. So that's there's that other side to it. Like I never understood that kind of promo. Um, 
But like Bianca on SmackDown, she said, "Tell your kids not to watch. No kids should see this." And then she just wrestled a regular just, match. Yeah. So uh, it's stuff like that. And but I am excited to see if it, these are literally just two buddies back together, just doing the shit they used to do back in the day. And they're just gonna come into the ring and co- completely kick ass, and then leave and go get drunk. Blake, you're being pretty quiet. It, it has me worried. You're not enjoying them too much. Uh, I'm not. I'm, I'm not on either side with them right now. I I do love the idea of the pairing. The promos haven't really hit as much for me as I would have expected from the two of them. But I I am interested in the tag team. I, I think get I that. Just need more time. So and here's here's what I'm seeing. Where I guess the overall. Sh- structure and what they're saying they don't come across as super serious or anything like that but i feel like i'm seeing a ton of chemistry between the two like they're so fluid even little areas where maybe one stumbles or something the way they pick up off of each other ha- has been really well to see the two work together and I, you can I tell get, that they do been get a friends, good vibe yeah. there you, you can you can you can sense chemistry with right. two people I, I, I do understand that i do yeah. think that this is the next aew tag team think so i do like tag team, well tag team champs yeah I don't I like do. that. I I think that it's going to be I don't bad. like it because it fits that formula of AEW has 30 especially with the true tag teams the call out of the young bucks this together. week the that really didn't need to be called out cuz they kind of made the save on the situation but calling out the young bucks and being like we don't give a shit about anybody it's like Kind of feel like they are going to end take up the champions Impact when they tag titles from Gallows and I don't Anderson. Give a shit about Impact, so that's fine. Okay. <laughs> I know that's selfish, but sorry, Impact fans. That's well, great. I agree. They shouldn't win the AEW tag belts. I agree with that. There's I'm not too many saying people like in tomorrow, right now. But yeah, I do think it's going to eventually happen. And it's just the way I feel about it. Like I don't. I'm not saying it is, but they. It just you figure we got this Omega and Hangman thing that was thrown together. Now you got this one thrown together, and it seems like a team that could possibly work out. So we'll see. All right, Blake, what do you got? All right, so for my honorable mention, Cesaro swinging Seth Rollins backstage. I, yes. I he said, that. that will never happen to me again. Immediately it, it happens. I couldn't even get out. It's about to happen, and it happened. Like I, That's what I legit thought. Like It's about to happen. Then he's about to throw up again. <laughs> Seth, Seth Rollins is another one that's really nailing his character. Um, plus, these, these outfits he's wearing lately. Like, right, what is he doing? I, I, I love it. I love it. So, Seth. Seth There's some hit or miss ones. Yeah, it's yeah, sexy definitely. sexy Seth, man. It, I like that. I like that. Um, Seth and Cesaro should be really good. Oh, oh yeah. Cesaro's got to win that. this, right? You, we're all. He, he has we to. Want a Cesaro he he absolutely it. has to. John Silver, the promo with Dark Order. I had a lot of fun. They were like practice, they're practicing him evading coffin drops. Vance is always the odd man out. He does his coffin, coffin drop, and they just they let just him let drop. Him no one catches him. Uh, so, so Dark Order, Dark Order has been really a lot of fun. They've done a really good job of keeping them relevant after all the Brody Lee stuff. Uh, Riddle, Riddle made me laugh. What about the the character mm. in the background of the locker room? Did you notice the Brody Lee character in the back? No, I didn't. They have a Brody Lee like it's almost like cartoonish drawing of his face. Like in the background of uh, all their promos now. That's pretty backstage. cool. I have, to, I have to really pay attention and see that. Maybe yep. I just didn't catch it. I think you're about to mention one I forgot that I have written down here with Riddle, depending on where you go with it. So so Riddle I, Riddle has been crazy for me because they're making him almost too much of a joke, but then they have these moments where he makes me laugh and it brings me back to NXT Riddle. And one of them this week he was He just him. needs the wins behind the jokes. That's yeah. all. He's got to get some serious in the ring. But... 
he rides by AJ Styles and he calls That's him it. Skipper. That's it. And Survivor Hilarious. Series was, was months ago, <laughs> and AJ Styles acknowledges this. He's like, "That was months ago." He was like, "That was nine months ago." So it was very, very small, but hilarious. These are these are little things backstage that I love so much when they happen, and it's it's so much riddle. Like that's his character. Of course, he would call him fucking Skipper. And then lastly, no, two more. Lastly, <laughs> I know. Lastly. I think that every time I say lastly, even though it's Lashley. Kofi actually getting the win over AJ Styles was not expected for me. And I had fun with the match. It's AJ Styles and Kofi Kingston. They had a great match. But AJ getting ready to do the phenomenal forearm and Francesca making him slip off the rope was pretty genius in my opinion. Xavier playing his role well on the outside. And they're telling that story of, we are a true tag team. You two don't even know each other. And I got I can get behind that. On top of that, I love a situation like this because it also reminds us that Kofi was a world champion and he should be winning matches like this in a singles match. Yep, without a doubt. And lastly, Greg, you stole my SmackDown stuff <laughs> one last time, but I am going to talk about Edge straight snapping. Loved it, hated the grit stuff. I said we're leaving grit. In 2020, we're leaving it behind. I never wanted to come back. We don't need grit and wrestling, but what we do need is the rated R superstar. We need this edge. I loved it. He's he's hitting Pat Buck with a chair. He's hitting all the officials with a chair. He is absolutely snapped. That's the edge I want to see. That's the edge that should be a world champion, not grit edge. I wanted him to hit that concerto so much. So bad. And I felt for him. Because he tried like 20 times to get something going, and they would keep rolling out. So he finally just sits in a chair in the center of the ring like, he can't fight it at this point anymore. He's tried to keep his calm. He's tried to be a new, better edge. And in this moment, I think he is just like, he gave up on it. He's like, I am who I am. All right, so that was all of our honorable did, mentions. Did anyone catch on NXT? I, I believe it was Walter. Beth said that Edge... Watched a lot of Walter when he was training to come back. And Barrett goes, how would you know what Edge trained on? Or something like that. Did anyone catch that? No. Yeah, so the during, during the, the match, uh, Bethan made the comment. She said, Edge paid a lot of attention to Walter when he was training to come back. And then Barrett was like, how do you know how Edge trained? And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I got one more honorable mention. I did forget another one, unfortunately. And how do you guys feel about... The segment, the two cruiserweight champions in the ring, Sean's music hits, and he just slides the Oh, ladder. my God. He just walks in and slides. Like, I love an announcement like that. That was great build. Don't need anyone on the mic. Don't need to say anything. But just, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was cool. His music hit, and I was like, what? Oh, I was And then so just, he just tips his hat and walks out. So confused. All right, guys. Let's see here. In last place, Blake, we have Monday Night Raw. How do you feel about that? You think Raw was... I don't, think Raw was, the four shows. I don't think Raw was bad, but I could see why that would happen. All right, fair enough. This week's winner, A-E-W! 